Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hello, everyone. I'm John Lin, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. I'm excited to bring you a discussion with a, a really cool startup company called Giant. And we're here with Stefan Behrens. He's co-founder and CEO of Giant. Welcome, Stefan. Hey, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so I mean, you're working in a really exciting space given everything that's happening with COVID-19. But for those that aren't familiar with Giant, tell us a little bit about yourself and Giant. Sure, I'm happy to. Uh, so uh, Giant is a, is a virtual assistant for healthcare. Think uh, Siri for healthcare. We offer an AI-based solution that offers support and answers for questions and patients throughout their healthcare journey. And that includes figuring out for patients where they need to go next if they have a need for care, uh, but also doing things like booking appointments, finding the right specialist, or providing answers for common questions that they have. Um, we work um, as a B2B uh, service for health systems, so we're helping them build out their front door um, on a digital way uh, that allows them to deliver care, uh, especially in, in the current environment where um, a lot of the care has shifted completely from virtual to uh, from physical to, to virtual um, visits. And uh, we want to make this as easy as possible and, and make the journey as, as friendly and positive for, for patients as we can. Uh, my personal background, I, I actually started two companies before this one uh, in, in Germany, um, where uh, one of them was in the video game space, the other one in the e-commerce space. So my background is almost entirely on the consumer side. And uh, one of the main premises for the company was we wanted to bring some of those delightful experiences that we know from day-to-day -day life and, and or, or, or phones and apps uh, into the healthcare world and make it just a little bit easier for patients to connect with their with their care. So has it been a delightful experience coming to the dysfunctional healthcare? <laughs> uh, it's uh, definitely been a learning curve. <laughs> I think I think you need a little bit of naivete uh, to to even get started in a space like this, um, and uh, grit and perseverance uh, to keep banging your head against the wall until you see the first cracks appearing. But um, I think we're we're finally there with with Giant after um, almost four years. I, I see tremendous adoption of our uh, technology with, with you know, large names in the healthcare space. And I think the time is ripe for uh, organizations to adopt these types of uh, digital technologies at a much broader scale. So um, I think the, the banging against the wall has paid off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've often said that I think the best uh, strategy for a startup is some people that are from outside the industry that have some naivety, naivety uh, et cetera, and then also a couple people that, you know, the old gray-haired people that can get you connected to the yes. to the right people you need in healthcare. <laughs> you combine those two and it's magic. So, you know, back to your product, like, I, I, you know, I think AI-powered chatbots and virtual assistants it just sounds really sexy, right? I mean, like it sounds, yeah, we all want that AI chatbot. Maybe it's Hollywood's done that to us. I don't know. But, you know, break it down for people. What does it really mean from the perspective of Giant? How does it, you know, who buys this product? At the, it sounds like you work mostly with health systems. You know, is it the marketing officer? Is it the, you know, um, the CIO? Who, who's really kind of in charge and what problem does it solve? Sure. Um, so let me start out by saying that first, behind the sexy, there's a lot of detailed legwork that goes into this. 
We spend years developing our clean. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so it, it's been years of developing our clinical and non-clinical natural language processing capabilities based on millions of patient interactions and, and make sure we understand what patients want to accomplish. Um, another couple of years validating clinical triage algorithms to make sure that our machine learning and subject matter experts that reviewed this, um, you know, agree on where patients should go and, and where they need to be seen. Um, and then thousands and thousands of, of painstaking, you know, cases uh, labeled based on anonymized health records and, and patient interactions. And, and all of that feeds into the sexy little product uh, that if I look at it, it still has so many limitations and so many areas where it, it should grow, but um, already at least does, does a pretty good job at the, at the core tasks that patients throw at it. Um, we typically work with um, uh, either the marketing department at a health system um, because they control the, the website and a lot of the, the patient facing assets. Um, so they're looking for ways of making it easier or it's uh, it's part of the, the digital transformation teams at, that a lot of health systems have set up. So it's, you know, maybe chief innovation officer or chief digital officer. And in some cases they have created departments for consumerization of healthcare to make it easier for, for patients to access their care. So those are typically the starting points for us. And, and, and we work with our partners to figure out what other parts of the organization, because this involves almost the entire uh, health system organization from medical uh, business units to patient access and, uh, and the contact center uh, to the website, to IT who needs to support it and support EMR integration. So it's, it's typically a broad effort that involves a lot of different stakeholders. Yeah, I and, mean, I um, think... go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think, you know, that is the challenge with uh, this type of product is marketing owns the website. The CIO knows nothing about it <laughs> or nearly nothing. I've seen that firsthand from CIOs uh, in most cases. Uh, and yet you need the clinical person involved or marketing won't touch it with a long pole because they're like, this is kind of making clinical decisions. And how do I deal with that? So I, I think that that becomes a real challenge. And as we've seen, you know, I, I am a the founder of hitmic.com, which is a healthcare marketing community, you know, marketing people over here, CIO, tech people, medical people, medical people over here, probably a third group, right? And, and there the two should yep. meet in many cases. So I think that must be a real challenge. Yeah, which is which is interesting because we see that same, you know, stakeholder complexity reflected even in the, the small scope of our uh, company. Right? We bring together people who understand the consumer space, uh, user experiences, and the marketing side of things uh, with the tech folks that need to support it and build it and the machine learning <laughs> infrastructure that goes with it and the clinical team that needs to make sure that our products are safe and that you know, the clinical stakeholders that are customers that are kicking the tires will, will find you know, reassurance because we have established mm -hmm. quality management procedures and risk management processes to make sure that all of this is safe for patients to use. Um, but I would say one of the biggest challenges actually um, that, that our customers face and that we help them solve is that um, over the last couple of years in their efforts to become more digital, um, they've built up this, this complex you know, set of pieces that are making up their, their infrastructure. And you have all of these different tools that are often like individual point solutions for, for smaller problems or use cases. And now it's, it's actually getting pretty difficult for them and their patients to kind of sort out how this all ties together into a seamless journey. So um, what we're doing with our customers is, is essentially being that glue that, that glues together these individual pieces so that you can have everything in one you know, seamlessly accessible um, in, uh, in, uh, interface 
uh, where you can simply just you know answer a question like how can we help you and then whether you have a mental health complaint and then we guide you to the appropriate services or you're trying to connect with a doctor and we look up the patient, uh, the provider directory and then present you with specialists that, that meet your needs uh, or surface appointment slots uh, for self-booking. There's a lot of different things that we're tying together into one experience. Um, and so this, there's a big effort on our side to work with our customers on integrating all of these different pieces of infrastructure they already have into one seamless experience and bringing that to the patients. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I read somewhere that you, you think data integration, and really, I think largely that's the EHR, but I'm sure there's other ones, is a prerequisite for true innovation. So why, why do you place such an important on that kind of EHR integration, having the EHR data available? What does it allow you to do having that data? Yeah, so um, two-part answer. I think on 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 one hand, um, it, it starts with the EMR integration because for a lot of our, our customers, that's the main tool that enables their clinical workflows. So if you want to make a difference on their um, operations and drive efficiencies, you need to be addressing and working with the EMR because that's where the work happens. Um, and the second part is is that that's also the typically the single source of truth, um, of, you know, for information about a patient, what happens to them, um, what they what happened to them in the past, what kind of medications they're taking, uh, what happens next. It, it all needs to be documented in there. So for us, the EMR integration unlocks a lot of uh, new opportunities to improve the patient journey. For example, through personalization and and offering. Um, and having kind of context awareness of what, what happened prior to your interaction in your care journey. Um, and for the health system, it's, it's additional uh, efficiencies that you can unlock um, through workflow support like chart population and, and driving um, decision support inside of the EMR and taking care of a lot of uh, manual work that is currently happening um, through nurses or front desk staff picking up the phone and, and reaching out to patients and automating a large chunks of that and feeding it back into the EMR and only escalating those cases that need to be handled as an exception um, of the rule um, and bringing that to the appropriate resource. So uh, the EMR is, is where it all starts, but that's not where it ends. <laughs> There's also contact center access software. If you want to you know, connect directly for live chat to, to a patient support agent or a nurse, so you need to integrate with Cisco or Salesforce. There are partners for telemedicine, like you know, Teladoc, Amwell, or MD Live that you need to integrate to to deliver virtual care. There are mental health services like SilverCloud. There's provider directories of different kinds. So you need to bring a lot of different things together and, and tie it into one experience. So integration-wise, it is it is a challenge, um, but that's also where a lot of the value lies, I think, in, in what we can provide for our partners because that's that's where, where things get interesting is like tying all these different pieces together and, and making it a, a seamless experience. That's that's really where the value lies for the patient and, and also in turn for the health system. Yeah, that goes back to what you were saying as far as having multiple systems and how do you tie them together. It's interesting during COVID-19, it seems like you pivoted maybe a little bit. I mean, everyone pivoted during COVID-19 really to kind of yeah. take care of the customers. Tell us a little bit about what you did in your, you know, to help organizations amidst the crisis. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, as, as we're working with our customers, uh, it's important for us to kind of stay in touch with their immediate needs and those immediate needs changed significantly in March um, all of a sudden. So um, we quickly worked um, on adapting our, our virtual assistant to the COVID use case. So, um, you know, we, we taught it how to differentiate 
and, and triage cases based on symptom presentation, exposure, travel history, although travel history no longer makes a difference now, but, but yeah. at the time it did. Um, and then identifying what are, what are some of the, the key questions that, that people are calling into their doctor's offices for, right? That, that we can address in an automated way to take that load off of the, um, off of the, the, the contact center or the phone lines. Um, for one of our partners, for example, they had um, a good 3,000 calls coming in on a daily basis. And by deploying our solution to their website and answering a lot of these questions in an automated way, we, could, we were able to cut down the call volume by over 1,000 calls per day. So um, that significantly helps redeploy resources to you know, frontline care and, and, and make sure that uh, you know, patients can get their answers immediately at any time of the day and not just when the contact center or the front desk um, are, are open between nine and five. Um, so we build a solution that uh, you know offers screening and care navigation support and and, and these FAQ answers, um, and we quickly uh, rolled that out. I think now to like 25 uh, different partners um, over the last couple of months. Uh, we've seen I think a good 400,000 users, um, so patients interact with our tools across these deployments in the last couple of months. Um, we've completed over 300,000. Uh, COVID symptom screens that resulted in a you know recommendation either for testing or staying home and quarantining in, in, in place. Uh, and we're now working with our, our, our customers on um, you know how to safely open up for business. Um, revenue recovery is one of the biggest topics for a lot of our customers now. So we're trying to work with them on um, you know including uh, COVID screens and other screens in the process for scheduled visits and, and scheduled procedures um, so that they don't have to hire additional staff to make these outbound calls to check patients before they come into the office. Nice. And so do you have a proactive element to outreach to the patient or are you mostly the AI assistant on the website? Yeah, like Can they integrate it into email campaigns and things like that or how do you approach those? Yes, yeah. So there's, <laughs> there's, there, there are a lot of different ways of how you can string a patient journey together. I think the, the most prominent use case um, for us was this kind of reactive one where it sits on the website or inside the patient portal or inside of a, a patient-facing app and, and patients can interact with it on their own time. Um, but increasingly now, um, we're working with our customers on a proactive outreach. So for example, a day or two before your scheduled visit, you would get a text message where you click a link and then you go, you essentially start the assistant on in your browser on your phone and you go through this a screening protocol, but you can also ask questions that can be addressed right then and there without you having to pick up the phone and talk to a person. Um, and uh, in, in many ways, I believe that is that is uh, an important uh, complement to this kind of reactive way of addressing when patients come in is this proactive outbound. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there to leverage this type of technology for additional use cases. And that's what we're working on um, this year and next year to bring that into more and more uh, clinical use cases that can leverage this technology uh, in, in a meaningful way to save time for um, health systems, but also make things a lot easier to navigate for patients. So think of an assistant around um, diabetic concerns or maybe uh, post-chemotherapy watching symptoms and, and answering your questions around potential side effects and things like that. So there's lots of different use cases here. 
So, you know, I have to ask this. Uh, on the website, what are some of the common questions and and what are some of the outrageous questions? Because I, I bet you get a lot of interesting questions there. And I assume if it doesn't know the answer to the question, then it just escalates it to a call center or something like that. Is that, you know, and so, yeah, what are some of the common things that, you know, oh, we can nail these types of questions? And what are some things <laughs> that you're like, I couldn't believe we got asked this. Do you know any? <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the the common things are the easy ones. So it's it's either direct symptomatic complaints, right? My my I have a fever, my son is sick, um, I'm you know my eye hurts uh, or my head hurts. Um, those are the simple things. Um, then there are are typical non-clinical topics like um, I need help paying my bill. Does my insurance cover a particular procedure? Um, what's my out of pocket for a visit? Um, how do I schedule an MRI, right? It's, it's those types of questions that, that um, patients are looking for help for. But then <laughs> there are always also surprises, for example, with one of our customers, uh, it was before Christmas time and we were, uh, there was an interesting spike in the number of, of, of utterances and intents that we could not handle at that point, which were related to Secret Santa because they had a volunteers program where patients, you know, where, where people and volunteers could come into the hospital and, and play secrets, uh, play Santa Claus and, and, and give presents to kids in the pediatric hospital, for example. So uh -huh. we quickly added that. Um, we did not expect, for example, just the amount of, of interest people have around jobs, right? So it's not just patients that come to hospital website, but there's also people that are looking for work opportunities. Um, and so, you know, over, over the last six to nine months, we've built out a, a large library of additional um, intense that we didn't, you know, know how to handle well before that that we're now addressing. Yeah, but that's always work in progress. You know, the the first, you know, the first twenty percent of intense probably cover eighty percent of the volume for patients, right? So it's an eighty twenty rule. But then the yeah. long tail is really long. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it. And then you get, you know, Secret Santa. The, you know, I, I I imagine there's tons of programs like that that come up that you know are just individual programs you probably will never see again, but you need for this one month time period a, a race or something that they do. But that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. So what, what is the big and, vision? And, and, Go ahead. Yeah, just, just one more thing. Like an, another question we often see is, uh, is related to, are you real? Are you a human? Right. So <laughs> it's like some, some people are interacting with this as if they're chatting with, with a human. So that's, that's another frequent one that, that I think is yeah. funny sometimes. Yeah. Can they ask him on a date? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Alexa, you know, she's a member of our family. So I think we're all becoming familiar with it, right? <laughs> yeah, I think actually is that's we build answers into our into our assistant to, to address um, certain topics like this. For example, when you say I love you or I hate you or you know, uh -huh. you suck. Um, we actually handle those intents specifically um, with, with um, you know, a somewhat witty response because we feel those are elements of people just like testing out the limits of a new technology, right? Just like when you first got Alexa and you start talking to her, you also ask questions to see what she can and can't do. And I think it's just part of people experimenting and getting used to a new new technology. Oh, I've told Alexa to do better many times. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I love it. You know, it's a great technology. So what is the big vision that you're, you know, that you see of what you're trying to accomplish at, at Giant? Yeah, so, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, my, my original background's on the consumer space. And I think what we've seen happening there, um, you know, across broad industries was, you know, things that used to be complicated are now much easier. There are three button clicks on your phone. You have very intuitive interfaces that don't require a manual. You give it to someone and they, they intuitively understand how to interact with it. 
And, and that's the kind of ease of use that we want to bring to healthcare. And that's not just an interface, that's also in making some of the processes that are very complicated and cumbersome and require different handoffs and multiple calls, um, make those easier for patients so that they can get what they need. Um, and in the process, unlock a lot of efficiency and, and, and uh, you know, opportunity for uh, cost reduction as well in, in the healthcare space. So I see this as this big gap between patients on one side and, and you know, their provider organizations on the other side. Right now, there are a lot of individual fragmented communication channels between them, but they're not integrated. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. You get these stacks of paper with discharge instructions that most people probably just skim and then you know, put in the bin. Um, if we can make all of this information uh, so that it's relevant for you personally, instead of just a printer of 50 pages that applies to everyone, um, and where you can ask questions and make it interactive and put it all in the same channel so we have context awareness of all the different things that are going on. Um, I think we're going to make it significantly better and more relevant and more helpful for patients and at the same time cut out a lot of the expense on the health system side to allow us to you know, do more with the same resources and, and uh, bend the cost curve um, in the long run. So um, if I'm looking at this, um, communication sounds easy, but I think there's the potential to automate large um, elements of care navigation for people, which is kind of what we're doing already, but there's uh, potentially also an opportunity to automate some of the um, uh, care delivery. If you think about asynchronous care and virtual care, you know, assistants can play a bigger and bigger role there. Um, chronic disease management, care management, there are a lot of opportunities where you can put a lot of these processes on, on autopilot to some extent, and then only bring in a human uh, resource uh, when needed, um, where needed. Yeah, I think it's a huge opportunity uh, because, and I think it's been made more so with the expansion of telehealth, et cetera. I mean, we have so many care options and knowing where to go and what to do. Uh, as, a, as a parent of four kids, I've, I've dealt with it a lot <laughs> and it's hard, right? And so I think we we want AI assistance to make it, help us make that decision easier. And yeah, I think there's lots of other elements, as you said, but uh, thanks for sharing your vision for it. Uh, if people want to learn more about Giant, where can they go? Yeah, so um, you can start at our website, <laughs> but uh, in, in, in either case, uh, feel free to reach out by email if you want to get in touch or have questions. It's Stefan, S-T-E-F-A-N at giant.com. So um, happy to get in touch with people who want to learn more. Yeah, and that's giant, G-Y-A-N-T.com. So that should be good. Thanks, Stefan. I appreciate you sharing these insights. And thanks, everyone, for watching. If you want to find more great health IT content like this, check it out at healthcareittoday.com. Thanks, Stefan. Fantastic. Thank you, John. Pleasure to be here.